Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Property Podcast. My name is Stephen Clark and I'm joined by, always by my co-host Nick Ponte. How are you, Nick? I'm all good, thanks. Now, I'm going to put you under a little bit of pressure here and I'm going to leave you to introduce this week's guest. So this week we're delighted to be joined by Ina Balakova because I cannot pronounce her second name and I've made a mess it up teen times. But um, Ina is actually, I've known Ina for, for probably almost about a year and a half, I think. Um, you know, I do promote getting the right experts and coaches and the people to kind of help your business and stuff. You're slacking and I employed Ina as a, a kind of Instagram coach, which everyone kind of ripped the piss at me when I, when I did it. But um, my Instagram traction engagement, sales, everything kind of grew exponentially when I worked with her. And I, I thought it was important to kind of get on because as property investors, social media is a huge, huge thing, isn't it? Like we need to be known. We need people to know, like, and trust with us, to work with us, to invest with us, to bring us opportunities, to bring us deals, to join venture. All these kind of things are so important. And it all starts with, with your social media, doesn't it? Yeah. And the sooner you get into the mindset of taking it out of, you know, oh, I just post like pictures of my kids, my holidays and my food on my social media and you use it as a business generating tool, you know, it's a marketing tool and it'll bring you leads if you use it in the correct way. And Ina went into all that sort of stuff, you know, about the kind of like the structure and the strategy about what we should be posting and really thinking about it, deeply thinking what can the end user get out of what you're posting? Are they getting value? You know, are they going to keep coming back to you? Are you building a relationship with people, you know, in your personal brand and all that stuff to the point of one day they're going to come and either work with you through joint venture partnerships, they're going to become a client or they're going to become an investor when you're looking to fund that next deal. No, absolutely. That was well put. Um, without further ado, let's, let's cut to the interview with Ina. So welcome Ina Bakalova to the Scottish Property Podcast. I said that right, didn't I? Wait, is, are we recording? Yeah, we're going. We're just going for it. This is this is it. We're live. Oh, we sorry. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Sorry, I I thought we weren't recording because Stephen was cracking up at my name. So, <laughs> and I got it right, didn't I? Yeah, between the the laughing, yeah. Yes. So, Ina, can you start by telling the listeners, uh, you know, your your background? Yeah, of course. Um, so, hi everyone. So excited to be on here, by the way. Um, so I am a property investor. So I started building my portfolio around five years ago now. Um, and I am also a social media consultant and specialist. And I help people to grow their online businesses using the power of content. And that's how me and Stephen know each other. So Stephen was actually a past client of mine. Um, and I just had so much fun working with him. Hence, I'm here today to hopefully teach you a little bit about content and get you excited about it. Yeah, and like we, we speak about this quite a lot on this on, on the podcast. Myself and Nick both love Instagram. It's our favorite social media platform. It's helped us kind of grow our, our phone, our, our brand, our business, and, and the podcast as well. Um, and, and, and part of that was the coaching that I got from you probably well over a, a year ago. Um, so I thought it'd be good to bring you on and, and chat about because you've, you've pivoted, because property investments, you know, it's a long game. It takes a long process to build up what you'd be considered as kind of financial freedom. And you've kind of pivoted in a real niche that you're really, really good at, and it's, and it's social media, but it's particularly Instagram. So why why Instagram? Yeah, that's um, a great question, actually. So obviously, there's so many social media platforms you could choose to be on. I just 
think Instagram is the best for building a business. It's not as new as something like TikTok, which I'm sure will become, you know, like Instagram. It's at that point where there's a proven way to monetize it and there's a proven way to actually build a business on it. Um, There's so many tools, as you know, with an Instagram that you can use to like actually speak to your audience and get to know them and engage with them. And I always think that's what makes Instagram stand out. Um, But as you know, Stephen, I hope you agree with this after having gone through my program it's all about learning the principles of good content it's not so much about the social media platform because that's going to change and the algorithms change and if you're always trying to keep up with like hacking the algorithm or all that crap then you're just going to be behind whereas when you really invest in learning okay what is actually good content that's going to get my followers to take action, convert my audience into clients or investors or whatever you want them to be, then that's when you've really got it because you can go on any platform and apply those principles to get clients and get investors. No, absolutely. And and, and let's face it, as, as, as property business people, we need social media. It's, it's such an important part of, of our growth and our journey. I mean, we could sit there and we could, we could start a pot of cash and we could, we could start building our own portfolios, but at some point we're going to run out money we've got to try and attract investors we've got to try and attract deals attract clients credibility depending on what your trading business is and property so it's, it's hugely important and, it, and it's a, like, like i'm glad you touched on that as well that rather than trying to follow the algorithms and and, and learn the hacks you just you follow the principles of of, of what works and that could go on any platform i suppose yeah definitely um but i mean how have you found instagram Stephen? because i know you've had great success with it I love Instagram as well because, you know, I feel that me and Nick have spoken about this quite a lot as well. There's a lot of fakers in property. There's a lot of bullshitters that will come out with the nonsense. And I think that you can be very authentic on, on Instagram, can you? You can you can show showcase your true self and what you're actually doing and not just talk about, you know, to not just construct some LinkedIn-y bullshit post, you know, that's, that makes you look like you're doing stuff on Instagram. You can be sharing stories, share content constantly, posting up where you're up to what you're, what you're at and, your audience will kind of buy into you and what you do and in real time. So I like, I like it for that. Nick, you like it for that as well, don't you? And your TikTok dances. What, what I was going to say, well, yeah, I've kind of like veered away from Instagram. I've kind of neglected my Instagram lately because I'm so excited about TikTok, but that's another thing altogether. Do you do TikTok as well? Do you coach on TikTok? Yeah. So I've recently started TikTok. I don't coach on it because I'm very much like I have to prove something before I teach on it. But um, I will say that it's it's very similar to Reels and I love Reels. So I'm really excited about TikTok. Yeah, no, I'll find good. you on there, Nick. Definitely, you'll be like, you'll be like, oh my god, what is he all about? <laughs> so no, I, I was interested in this whole uh, you know bullshit stuff because it's I find it like amazing how people get sucked in by people that are just spouting bullshit you know a lot of these gurus and all that so if you get any tips for the listeners about how you can sniff out the bullshit you know or how can you gauge you know that people are actually authentic is there anything that you would say yeah that's a wonderful question and something that I've kind of worked through myself because so at the minute I brand myself as a I guess, like an online business educator slash coach, but I've never been able to outwardly call myself a coach or I didn't for a long time because I was so 
just hated the the stigma I guess that it had and I realized that actually came from property because of the property education scene that I'd been a big part of um and it I just realized that actually there's bullshitters and fake gurus in every like industry that you're in um and for if you are providing those services I'll talk about like, you know, if you're looking to invest in it, what you can do. But if you're providing those services, I think it made me realize that actually because there's so much bullshit out there, it's a really good opportunity to like, it's a wonderful opportunity if you're doing it right and you're actually providing value for your students and your clients because I've invested in, you know, so many coaches and so much education and I know which people I respect after that and which coaches I'm obsessed with and that I would buy from again and again like whatever they release I'm going to buy that just because they were so amazing mm-hmm. um so I think there's great opportunity if you do it right equally if you are the one that's investing in coaching or education there's definitely a lot of like bullshit you need to wade through and I wish I could say there was like a one you know one way to um a distinguish like a bullshit filter that you could just go at don't give me any bullshit <laughs> that would be amazing that would be amazing um but I think yeah I think definitely look at past speak to past like students or clients you know find out who's been in this person's program the results they've got the experience of working with them um and that will be your best indicator um and yeah yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot I can say. I'll just say like I think social proof is the biggest indicator, and also don't let if you're looking to invest in another coach and you've had a bad experience, don't let that put you off. Like I've made some bad investments, right? And if I'd stopped investing in education, then you know I wouldn't be where I am today. So you can't let a bad investment put you off, and just do your due diligence. And I think the best way to do that is past clients, results. Um, yeah. See, see, when we're talking on this kind of the bullshit for it's something that that came to my mind. A discussion I had recently um, with, with a colleague. You know, one of one of the kind of property educators puts up no content, not on property, not on building sites, not in refurbs. Now, now I get if you questioned that, they, they those kind of people, they would say, "Oh, I've got a team doing that for me." And now I've got a team project manager my refurb, but I still go and keep, keep an eye on my assets and what's going on in the portfolio. So you can see that it's bullshit. But what what I was kind of a market employer, I was wondering if you can shine some light on it. The, these guys are successful at by showing the car, the house, the lifestyle, but they're not showing the kind of so they're so they're showing the result, they're showing the end what you could get with the bullshit, but they're never showing you the journey. Whereas I feel like surely, surely people can see right through that. But the guy I was speaking to didn't see it until I mentioned it. And he was like, oh my God, you're mm. absolutely right. I've never seen any property. And I'm like, so why are you? And I was and I was kind of so driven into the conversation of why? Why? What 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 made you you know, what made you think that the person was this expert in this, what he was claiming to be, without seeing any journey or without seeing anything? And it was like, it was all this final product. Is that is that a marketing strategy or is that a, I don't know, is that how would you see sift through that bullshit? Yep, a hundred percent. A really good marketing strategy, actually, because if you're selling any type of, you know, coaching, consulting, education, you want to sell the end result, you, you know, because you want to. That's how you motivate someone to buy, and that's what they are going to get if you've got a good 
product or service. Um, but I think that's obviously people take it too far in that they just, they sell the end result in the wrong way. Right. But when you think about someone like this guy that you're referring to, I don't know who it is, but I could just picture their Instagram account in my head. Um, yeah. So this person, right. If he's there's just, a few of them, there's quite a few of them to be fair. <laughs> I imagine there's more than a few. I obviously don't follow these people because I can just, as soon as I see their account, I'm just like, fuck off. Um, but yeah, there's a few parts to that. It's like, if you are using cars, like fancy cars and all this like wealth stuff to motor, to attract people and to motivate them, then just think like, what kind of people are you going to attract? Mm. And I always say like, be the kind of client you want to attract. So if you're talking about like, you know, how to become a property millionaire in a week, then you're going to attract people that want to get rich quick and it's like this cycle right so yeah there are a lot of cd trainers out there but at the same time consumers we just want the quick wins so yeah. it's it th that's why it works Stephen. like because there are people that fall for it so let's touch on that let's start at like, the beginning then. so how, how could you give listeners tips on how to be authentic online yeah i think you do that amazingly well because you've just said like people talk about they'll display like the end result but they won't talk about how to get there and I think you do that well because you're active in property. You're actually doing what you're teaching and you're showing the journey as well. And I think that's really authentic. If you're kind of, if you're not showing the whole thing and you're just like this guru that's selling the end result, people don't relate to that because people are struggling, right? It's, it's a challenge and people are wanting to overcome that challenge so if you actually share those challenges that you're overcoming mm. then people resonate with it um I think a big misconception and maybe this used to work which is why all these gurus exist but a big misconception is that you need to be perfect to build an audience and you need to you know be on a pedestal to to have people like coming to you but actually that's it's completely false like if you're you know, they say vulnerable, I guess, if you're actually showing the journey, and you're showing the realness of it, people are going to connect with that a lot more. And I think that's the trend as well. Like, people aren't connecting to these aspirational figures anymore on social I guess, media. I, I guess it really depends on the individual, right? Because like, I see Stephen's stories, right? And see when he walks into his commercial building that he's doing at the moment and he's got this big old building that's causing him loads of headaches and he walks in there and he does a story and he points the camera at a puddle of water that's leaked from the roof you know and you can feel his pain I can just feel his pain I'm buying and that if, if I'm going to pay money to go and get taught property by somebody I want to go with somebody like that who can who's been there and felt the pain and knows the struggle so I guess it really depends on the individual because if I see somebody who's driving about in a Ferrari or a Porsche or a Lamborghini and living it up in the south of France, you know, with a laptop lifestyle, because I, I know maybe it's because of my age, because of what I've done already in life. I know that, that it takes fucking hard work to get to a point of success. You, you know, you don't get anything in this life just handed to you either. You know, you're either born rich and you get passed it down or else you have to fucking work hard for it. So when I see the genuine, authentic stories, for me, that's that's a thing. But for the younger generation who just, they don't want to know about the hard work that it takes to get there, I think that's when they buy into that bullshit, you know? 
Mm. I mean, yeah, it's I guess it's the way that all these big property trading companies function, right? They actually pry on people's unhappiness. And, you know, there's people that want to get out of a dire financial situation quickly. And so they invest in property trading. And actually, that's like the worst person to get into property. You know, someone who's already got debt, they're not going to, I'm not saying it's impossible, because like I bought, my, I'm one of these rare people that bought, actually bought my first investment, at, like no money down in the southeast. Um, so I know it works, but I just know how like unusual that is. Um, it's difficult. Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think there's a great opportunity to distinguish yourself from that, which I think Stephen does really well just by sharing these puddles. Um, <laughs> like all the people in property know that that's the real deal. It's yeah. not the fancy cars. It's like, you know, toilets and being on site when it's freezing and trying to organize people, all that stuff. Yeah. So, so what kind of mistakes do you see property entrepreneurs making then? And what kind of tips would you, would you get to rectify those, those mistakes? Yeah, I mean, you're Stephen, you're probably just as well placed to, to share advice on this as, as me. But I'd say, you know, number one mistake is just crap content. Like there's no, your content has to be good to attract people, to engage people. And I think that's the biggest mistake is just like, crap content coming out not really thinking about who you're trying to engage and also creating if you're looking to attract investors for example your content shouldn't be geared towards other property people like other property investors do you know what i mean so always have that that person you're trying to attract in mind um and then your content should lead on from that so that's the first i guess mistake is just putting anything out there willy-nilly and expecting it to work um nick did you have a, a question oh no sorry no, <laughs> I, was just, I was actually just itching my foot that you can't see in the bottom oh okay yeah but it's all right i can jump in there because like i can totally resonate what you're talking about there because i've often had to shake myself a little bit and think to myself where am i going with this social media stuff what is the point and why am i putting so much effort into it and you've got to like you say have what's your end goal what's your target market what are you trying to achieve here are you trying to get are you trying to find deals are you trying to find investors if you're trying to find deals and you're not going to be putting out you know information about you know how to invest in property you're going to be like how can you know somebody sell their property for cash fast or get a good deal or whatever it is do you know what i mean so yeah that's really good advice Mm -hmm. so that that's I, i'd say the top bit of advice and obviously it's easier said than done i think people just expect to just learn, you know, content and online marketing just by Googling. But it's, I see it as just, it's another part of your business. So if you want to get good at it, invest in learning it, whether that's through books or a program, whatever that is, um, because it's going to apply to other parts of your business, not just social media. Um, so yeah, good content's one. And then I'd say the second biggest mistake is um, just not being yourself and like not showing up authentically and yeah, people think that they need to be someone else. You don't. You do need to have a certain, like I always joke saying that I'm not professional because I don't think I am. I'm just me online. But you do need to have a certain element of like, you don't share everything. You don't need to share all of your personal stuff. And like, you don't have to share anything you don't want to. Um, 
that you also don't have to be this like super corporate person that doesn't really have any personality because like no one's going to engage with that. Like if you don't, you know, if your standard attire isn't a suit, then you don't need to show up on social media wearing a suit, like just show up as yourself. And that's when it becomes fun because you're not like pretending to be someone else. That must be quite, that must be quite tiresome and difficult to try and prepare content or, or come up with something when you're not being yourself, because then surely that takes a hell of a lot more effort. And I think that's maybe people will go, go wrong. with trying to come up with stuff that's not really them. Yeah. And I think putting yourself out there is actually like quite a big thing. You know, it's hard enough anyway, because, you know, one of the biggest things that stops my clients from actually getting results with social media and holds them back is because they're scared to actually put content out because of how they'll be judged so that's another thing that we work on in my program and usually I find that you remedy that by changing the type of content you're putting out when you're putting out valuable content that isn't really about you it's more about the reader and the person you're helping then it stops being so kind of feeling so weird because you're providing value and people love that um so yeah that's I think that's another big thing that holds people back um and again you can provide value and still talk about yourself you can do all of it um just need to learn how to do it obviously so, so the listeners were looking to try and come up with kind of compelling content to attract the right people they're looking for where, where would they start where would they kind of I'm assuming we're going to start with the end in mind and talk about who you're who you're looking to talk to. How would you break yeah, it down? Definitely. So who you're looking to talk to, always start with that um, and then work backwards. So literally the frequently asked questions, like if you're around these people, say you're looking to attract investors, investors you've spoken to, what questions have they got? What stops them from investing? What prevents them from, you know, even considering property, how does property measure up against other investments? Why is it better? Why is it, you know, why is it a better um, route for investment for them? All of those things, and then addressing that in your content. And I'd say the best way to think about your content is it's giving your audience mindset shifts. Okay, so look at those questions and think. Right, my investor or ideal client is currently thinking this about property how do I shift their mindset to think about it in this way and that's what your content's doing it's giving them a mindset shift it's giving them you know you might do some tips to give them quick wins um that's how you're really adding value right and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be this is everything I know about property in one post remember just focus the post on one thing like you want one point with that post and then your next post is another point yeah, so you, so you, obviously that was going to be my kind of next question. And how do you kind of come up with content ideas continuously? But yeah, like you say, if you're using small snippets, it doesn't have to be huge, big, long, massive stories with all the details fired in. It could be a little, tiny little points each time. Yeah, so in our in my program, we have this worksheet called. Hopefully, you remember. Hopefully, you still use this, Stephen. Um, the serious no, your face is looking a bit lost. <laughs> this is like an assessment. This is like a test. Have you done? Oh my gosh, you've got it. Was that just for this? No interview. This is my job pile, wow, though. that makes me so happy for star, listeners. Star student. <laughs> Stephen just pulled out the worksheet. That makes me so happy that you've printed it out. Um, in my program, we have a worksheet, the seriously converting content worksheet, and 
you get your content ideas for for a whole year forever from that worksheet um and it's just literally what I've told you apart from we go in a lot more detail but it's what mindset shifts can I give my audience and how do I do that through my content right there's so many different ways you could do that like you could do reels you could do carousel posts you could go on video um lots of different ways but always come back to that who am I speaking to and what mindset shift do I want them to go through no that's good um I remember um you know being dubious about going through the whole learning the process of it and trying to come up with the content and then you know you'd come up back a post and then you get the exact message you're looking for I feel like you know they got a dm saying I feel like that post was directly speaking to me and you're like that's exactly what I was speaking to you know that's exactly the target I was trying to trying to speak to um and I, I think you touched on it earlier on as well about you post stuff out there on social media platforms in general without having the, the real aim is it, is it important to kind of niche down and attract who you're who you're looking to attract and another thing's kind of coming because like I think what I'm probably trying to say is people just kind of try and throw muck at the wall and kind of see what sticks and see what works isn't without a real direct approach mm-hmm. um yeah I mean one thing I'd say is if you're confused then your audience is probably confused right because I'm not saying you need to hyper niche down when you're starting out. It's a good idea to niche down. If you're starting out in business or starting out on social media, it's a really good idea to niche down. Um, But you don't have to hyper niche down um, because you are also the niche, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right. So you do want to think what type of person am I looking to attract and um, work on your messaging so how you help them and all of that. And again, that's what we work on in the program because when you know that, that's going to inform all of your content and that's what's going to get those DMs that you've been getting, Stephen, that's like, oh my gosh, you were speaking directly to me with that piece of content because you're very clear on who you're talking to mm-hmm. and what you want them to get from, what you want them to do from that piece of content. So I'd say... Yeah, it's quite important to niche down, especially if you're starting out. And remember, you can always niche, um, you can always blow up later and you can always talk about different things and work with different people. But when you're starting out, it's really going to help to target all of your content. And it doesn't mean you can't do other types of content. It's just going to really laser focus those posts that are there to get people to take action. So, you know, to enroll in your programs, to become a client, to become an investor. One thing I've learned over the years, right, with the posting on social media is that what you think's like important or what you think people might like is not necessarily what will do well in terms of the engagement. So like a prime example of this is like pictures of your kids, right? So like, you know, to me, like my kids are everything in my world. I love taking pictures of them, putting them on social media, your Instagram reel, probably when I post a picture of my kids, it's the least engagement. Nobody, like, the bottom line is nobody gives a fuck about your kids. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Nobody cares what you're having for dinner. Nobody cares what your cat's doing. Like, <laughs> so, apart from, there was one thing, one post I actually remember seeing of Stevens, and I think it was uh, Stephen with his daughter, and I think it was like picking her up from school or something like that. And I thought, wow, that's really done well, that post, but there was a story behind it. So the story was that, you know, he can, he's got to the point in his business where he can now take that time to go and do the important things 
with his family and with his kid, which was picking her up from her first day at school. So I think if you hit home strong with that message, then that can work. But yeah, willy-nilly pictures of your, your kids, probably not. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, I, I think... Go on, Stephen. No, I'm, I'm, think... I'm just laughing at next, thinking about next fucking daft TikTok dancing, thinking <laughs> how the hell do you get clients for showcasing these dancing, but... <laughs> I'm going to check it out later. It's fun, it's fun, it's fun mate. Um, yeah, it's funny you say that, Nick, because I think Stephen would always use um, his daughter as like a way to up his engagement. Oh, you... <laughs> he was saying every time she's I post so, a She's so sweet, like who wouldn't, because she's beautiful, so... Not, not anymore that she's lost fucking half her teeth, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, it definitely works on me. I'm always like, oh... Um, but no, I think you've hit the nail on the head, Nick. It's about, it's like, is your audience going to get something from that? And it's, ab- of course, it's great to share a photo of your kids if you've got a lesson in there or mm. just something that you want your audience to walk away with. Um, so yeah, it's not so even so much changing the actual visual, it's what you're saying in the caption. Right. Mm. Ah, using I mean, the visual for to tell the story in the background. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how important is that a caption? Because I can, I mean, I just hate writing, right? I can't stand writing. I'm terrible. I never even did higher English when I was a kid. Like, um, how important is that? Because obviously, what? You used to work for a newspaper. I taking pictures. No fucking (laughs) writing. I'm not a journalist. Um, So, yeah. So, like, I just, sometimes I just post pictures without even putting any, I mean, I put the odd hashtag or that. But is that quite important? I mean, because sometimes you see, like, full blog posts on uh, some people's Instagram feed and all that. How, how important is that to do the words? I mean, look, you've got to, you've got to make an impact somehow, whether that's in your visual content or your caption, right? You can't just post a photo and then have a one line caption right. and expect that to do anything. That's not going to do anything. Um, but at the same time, I never tell, I give my clients like, Right. This is what works on social media, but you don't have to do this. You can apply this to whatever feels good for you. So just to give you an example, you might like Nick, you're saying you really don't like writing. Then you could easily just do video content, right? And apply those same principles to your videos. It's just about having those content principles in there. Um, Equally, if you hate being on video, then you could do these long style captions because that's what you excel at. So I'm not one of those people to say like, for example, at the minute reels are the best way to grow on Instagram, to grow organically. But I would never say to my clients, you have to do reels because like most of them are like, I don't have time for that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to dance, you know, on camera, which is fair enough. So it's just all about finding something that works for you that you can be consistent at like that's a big thing um that we worked on is like you have to be consistent so if you're choosing to do content that just doesn't work with your schedule and is a chore then you're never going to get it out there so no you don't have to write but then what are you go what are you going to do to i'm going to dance that's what i want to do i want to dance do it do it do it on reels (laughs) that will be your usp Oh, well, listen, that's good to hear. And like you touched on, you know, what is working well on Instagram at the moment. So like obviously touched on Reels there. Why is Reels so good at the moment? Um, Because obviously Instagram are competing with TikTok. Um, So 
yeah, it's pretty much TikTok on Instagram reels. Um, and the algorithm is pushing them like massively. So I put it on my story this morning, actually. I did a test where I posted a reel a day for a week and I 95 of the people, 95% of the people I reached were non-followers. So that was like almost 20,000 people in a week versus the week before I did a test where I just posted like the old type of content that did well. So, you know, live um, video, feed posts, photos, just that. And I reached like one twentieth of the amount of people. So the algorithm is just pushing it. And it does not mean that you have to do, um, you have to dance. It just means like, how are you going to give your audience those mindset shifts in a reel? And you can do that even without showing your face. If you don't want to show your face, you could just do photos or something. But the point is, it has to be educational and it has to be useful and value added and entertaining, right? Um, but you can 100%, if you don't like writing, you can do reels, you can do them without showing your face, just to take advantage of the algorithm. This is going to be my comfort zone stretcher this week. I'm going to try and do a reel, figure out how to do a reel. Yeah, have you got a plan for it? No, not a fucking clue. It's going, to take your, it's going to take your week just to figure it out, mate, so you're not going to get any posts out. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing I'd say, though, like, obviously, when you start out, everything's going to take forever. It's just like anything else, you know, you just have to practice, especially reels and anything to do with video, just setting up the equipment. But once you've got your workflow of how you're shooting, how you shoot a reel, you can do the same thing we did um, in the Content Accelerator, Stephen. You can just batch, you know, all your reels at once in just a, a few hours and then you're done. Yeah. One thing that I'm doing, oh sorry mate, on you go. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, one thing that I'm doing now with the TikTok is that I'm finding it really good for creating the video and then I'll just save that down and then use that in a reel. But I don't know if that's uh, a no-no because it has like the TikTok banner on it. So I'm not sure if that puts off the, the Instagram algorithm, but it seems to work. Yeah, I mean, just a little hack for that actually, Nick. If you film a little bit further away, just a tiny bit so you're like smaller on the yeah. screen and then you can just screen record ah. let the tiktok play screen record and then just like crop out the tiktok logo um just one way to go about it but just one thing for anyone listening if you're doing reels or tiktoks the biggest thing i can say is actually if you can film outside of these apps it's the best because they're really glitchy at the minute i think they're still trying to sort them out and uh, Instagram has this thing where it will delete all of your drafts. So the easiest thing to not waste your time, just film outside of the app and then you can use that content on both TikTok and Reels. That's good. That's good to be tip there. That's all need to go and <laughs> that. Excellent. Good tips. Speaking of tips, why don't we get mm -hmm. back to going, going through some tips for property professionals. I mean, we'll be starting out, you know, you want to build up your brand and you want to build up to attract the right people. What kind of stuff would you start with right at the beginning? What kind of stuff would you start posting? What kind of content would you post to... Because I'm assuming you'd want to let people kind of get your brand out there, let people know who you are and what you're doing first. I'm, I'm kind of trying to think to the to the listeners that are maybe, you know, they follow myself and Nick on, online on, on Instagram, but they don't really post on Instagram. They're, they're quite, they're uncomfortable with the whole process, but we all know how important it is to kind of put them out. What tips would you get, say to these people to get to get started? 
Mm. So just to get you started, even just thinking about content, I would say is that think about two types of content. And again, this is like a re rehash for Stephen because we've done all of this inside the program, but two types of content, you've got your brand building content and you've got your, what I call demand generating content. So that's more optimized for sales, for conversions, for those DMs um, to, and for people to reach out to you. So think about con- content like that and then think, right, what kind of brand building content can I create? And that's typically people just getting to know you. So it could be photos of your kids. It could be anything that just like shows who you are. And that content is, is important because it, it builds up the like from no like and trust. Like people feel like they know you and it's just a weird thing about social media. I don't know if you've had this, but where you'll meet someone that you've never met before and they're like, oh yeah, they like blur out something about you and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> and it's just because they followed you on social media and they they act like, you know, your best friends and that's the power of it, right? That's why it's so powerful for business. It's just you can create this connection over the, the space of like a week and suddenly you've got someone who's like a massive fan of your brand. So that's the brand building content. And then we've got the demand generating content, which I think, is something that to get better at, you do need to educate yourself. But again, it's pretty much what we spoke about. It's who are you looking to attract and who are you talking to? And then working like from there. And it's always, what are the things that are stopping them from taking action? You know, if you're looking for investors, why wouldn't they invest in me? Or why aren't they investing in property? What answer, mis- answer there, can you pain points or questions that can it answer yes. for them? Mm-hmm. pain points I forgot about that um pain points yeah so what are their biggest pain points before investing um what misconceptions do they have about in- property about investing about whatever you're selling and then really addressing those in your content because you want to be hitting all of that the way I picture it right is imagine um like a a col- col- what's it called a colander yeah a colander right you you guys look confused you don't cook at all do you (laughs) what (laughs) yeah okay let's use a sieve a sieve everyone knows what sieve is so your audience's minds are like a sieve at the minute when they think about whatever your services when they think about investing in property so your job so when you pour all your content in there about like invest in this deal or, you know, start talking about all this stuff is just going straight out there because they've got all those holes, right? So it's just not staying in their head. They've got all those holes in their um, head that are the misconceptions they have, the um, myths like that they've heard from other gurus, like all all of the wrong facts that they have, all of that, right? They've got that. So when you put your content out it just goes out the other ear or they scroll past so the job of your content isn't to go to just give them the facts is to plug those holes yeah. right and that's what the misconceptions are right so what misconceptions do they have how am I going to plug that with my content and how am I going to give them the mindset shift so that they're then ready to buy ready to reach out ready to take the next step and that's what good content is and I think that's what Stephen. um you've really mastered that I think obviously I still look at your content and 
I think it just comes naturally to you now. No, I don't know. I feel sluggish when I'm on content. Um, you, 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 you mentioned something there actually that's which I, I can't discourage people to do as well. I don't know if you will, but you can even mention the start there about people kind of the know, like, and trust. And I get you get the pages that kind of the property pages that follow you fucking every day. Like it's a a property branded page, like whatever it's. There's got no name. It's got no personal asset. I don't. I don't follow them back. I click on the page. And if it's anything interesting, I'll just go. No, I'm not following them back. So is that is that a thing you would completely discourage as well? Like to grow grow a brand on social media to avoid doing it in a company name under a company umbrella. Would you kind of keep it as your own personal brand, personal name? A hundred percent. It it doesn't have to be your personal name, mm. right? It can be your company name if that's what you want to be known for and that's what people actually know you for but I would always urge if you're someone who's a coach a consultant um you know your business is you then it should be your personal brand I would only really go down the kind of logo route or corporate brand is if you actually have like a really well-known and well-established brand because for example like Stephen what's your company's name I don't even know it. God knows which one. Who cares? Eh? Okay, let's just say it's. Um, he's, got know, he's got Scottish... about five different companies, like <laughs> eight companies. <laughs> yeah, let's say one of them's called Scottish Ventures, right? Like people don't know that, but they know Stephen Clark. So yeah. when they're looking for you, they're just going to search Stephen Clark. Mm. Um, so I always say like personal brands preferable, unless like yeah, you have a really well-known corporate brand, and then. Yeah, if there's someone on Instagram that's like, if an account follows me with just logos or engages with me, I always get, <laughs> don't get annoyed, but I'm always the first thing I say is like, what's your name in the DMs? Because that's exactly what it is. It's like, they reach out to you in the DMs and you go on their account and you're like, I don't, I don't know who to say hi to. I don't know who this person is. Yeah. And they're always like, oh, it's Alex. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you should put that on your, I should know <laughs> who this is because it's, it's personal right you're having a conversation so yeah let's say hiding behind the logo is not going to get you very far because it's not going to create that connection um yeah, I absolutely I, I completely agree I wonder what your your take on it was as well because it seems to be quite popular where where property professionals are looking to kind of build up their, their brand to start with fuck before they even buy their first buy a property they've got a company logo and a company website it's all polished and spent a thousand pounds I'm like why <laughs> Get yourself out there, get people knowing who the fuck you are, do some deals, get some track record of credibility. Then you can start adding that to your brand and building up in the background. But it's like everyone wants to kind of come this all singing, all dancing, look at me, look what I've got. And it's like, you're, no one's going to, I don't engage with that stuff. I want to, I want to see like what Nick was talking about, the pain points, people's struggles or their wins or successes and kind of, you know, buy into who they are in their journey, not, not a flipping corporate logo that's doesn't, I just, yeah. yeah I think yeah just remember like the big reason why social media is so effective for business is because as I said it allows you to build that no like and trust factor super quick mm-hmm. um but that isn't going to happen if they don't know who you are um and again like the more you can show your face the better but Stephen what I find with that the reason a lot of property people do that is because they're apprehensive about showing up and so they just think, right, I'm just not going to, I'm just going to post my logo and, you know, not show my face because it's easier. And I think that just usually comes from like being, yeah, nervous about showing up. 
Talk, talking about being nervous, what about the negatives of social media and putting out content then? Because, like, you know, a lot of people just don't like to put their face on the camera, you know, whether they're, you know, insecure about the way they look or whether, I don't know, I don't know what other reasons there is. But, you know, if you put yourself out there in the public domain, you've got to expect sometimes, especially if you get to a level where you're getting quite a bit of traction, you need to expect a bit of, like abuse sometimes so or a bit of hate comments like what's the best way to deal with that would you advise people I don't want to put people off but I'm just going to say it as it is like the more the more you get visible the more you get in the public eye the more criticism you're going to get like that's just part and parcel of I think just being visible online um some days I do wish that I had a business that didn't require me to have any online presence like I think it would be amazing to just be able to just not be known but at the same time social media is so powerful for what I do so it's just something that I have to do um and I think it's like with most things right if we say like debt this is like a good example for property people debt is bad generally for most people but it's amazing if you know how to use it properly right it's exactly the same thing with social media people are just saying well social media is bad well it depends on how you use it and how you manage it right there's no point saying like a blanket statement it really depends on the boundaries you set around it um but yeah there are always going to be haters there are always going to be comments but what I always go back to in the back of my mind is like you're never going to be criticized by someone doing like more than you it's always going to be people doing less than you right um so yeah it doesn't really bother me at all um and when I get big enough I'll just have someone that manages all of that and like deletes all of the nasty comments because it's your space right it's completely your space yeah. and you have the right to keep it as you want so definitely you can block people that are just being nasty and trolling do you think it's important to manage your, your social media um, time and how much you absorb it and how much you utilise it as well? Because, you know, sometimes you can go through, like you kind of touched on there as well, wishing some days that you weren't visible online. And I know that I go through spells like that, you know, I'll be kind of active for a couple of weeks and kind of take a couple of days just to kind of not do nothing, not post stories, because you just kind of want that little bit of, I don't know, quiet time. Is that is that, is that important to try and manage that process? Definitely. I mean, it's the same in business, right? If you can't look, if you can't show up for yourself, then you're not able to show up for anyone else. So you're like the number one priority. If you're feeling burnt out or not really motivated to show up, then definitely take that time off. Um, yeah, you do have to be consistent and you can be, you are consistent most of the time but there's going to be times where you really it's just not feeling good so it's very important to just take that time off understand like why isn't it feeling good a lot of the time you're just in a funk like you just need some time away to get creative again with your ideas and like what you actually want to use the platform for and it always I always take it back to that like why am I doing this it's to promote my business and to help more people start an online business like that's my big why so when you kind of step back and get rid of all the like trying to get more engagement and trying to do this and that and actually just remember why am I here then it's easier to go back and to show up fully 
it's, it's, it's funny because I had, I had quite an epiphany last week of that. It's something you just said there. When you kind of understand that you're doing it for to provide phenomenal value, it does kind of motivate you to do more. Um, I had a bit of a lull recently and I, I, was, I was coming back down from Aberdeen last week and I was listening to uh, Grant Cardone's Be Obsessed or Be Average. It's one of these books that kind of always get, seems to kind of get me back in the zone. And, and it was talking about sales and mm. something that, you know, I'm, I'm probably the, the person he's talking about going, hate sales, hate doing this. But it was like, you tell yourself that story. And then when I realised, when, when I kept listening to the book and I realised the successes that I've been having from the clients I've came off the watch about, I'm like, why am I not shouting about this? I am the best fucking property trainer provider out there, bar none. I know it. Look at the results that all these guys are taking. I am the cheapest. I fucking shouldn't be. I should be out there shouting about it. And it gave me this kind of, this fucking buzz to start going. 10x, baby. <laughs> And I was like, do you know what? I was like, and and, and I started to get more creative and thinking about content and stuff. I wanted to put it a bit. It was based on you're, you're holding people back by not buying out your services because that could change people's lives. And then when you thought about it from that point of view, you thought, shit, I need to do more on social media, not less. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, whenever I'm in a bit of a funk, actually, I look, I have a folder on my phone and I go back through like all of my students' results and just like they, you know, my testimonials and the results they've got from working with me. And I'm like, this is why I'm doing this. And it just makes me feel better. Um, so yeah, I think that's an absolutely great way. Just remind yourself of what you're doing, especially when imposter syndrome comes up, which it does a lot when you're promoting your business. Like it comes up a lot. So always go back to like, why am I doing this? And all this amazing feedback I've got um, definitely helps. Yeah. You've gone down in my estimation, Stephen, now listening to Grant Cardone, man. Oh, <laughs> he's just... I, love Grant Cardone. I can't stand him. I can't stand the guy. I but can't anyway, either. Each, each to their own. And uh, no, just going back, to the, going back to the hate comments, I was actually just looking up some comments here on my TikTok, actually. Fuck, that, oh, place, yeah. that place is brutal. I'm telling you. For hate, I don't know what it is, whether it's the demographic, the younger ones, and they just, they don't give a shit. They're just like piling in there with the abuse, but they all hate me yeah. and they're all coming in with stuff that I'm, I've got, I've got a thick skin, right? I've got a really thick skin. Nothing really gets me too much, but there was one comment a guy came in with and it was related to my teeth, right? Cause I've got quite big teeth as you can see. And um, it was something I was actually been quite insecure about as a kid because I used to get bullied for, for like, I used to have like Bugs Bunny teeth, big buck teeth. But this guy said to me on TikTok, I, was, I found the comment, he's like, you should show us how to chew an apple through a letterbox with those teeth. And I was like, I was looking at myself in the mirror one night and like, Lisa's like, my wife was like, are you all right? Like, I just, somebody said something to me about my teeth on TikTok and it's really started to get to me. <laughs> oh, Nick. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you have lovely teeth. What's this so, yeah. about? So, so basically, um, even somebody who's, you know, used to putting out like content there over years and I've had some abuse, even sometimes you can just get that little thing. So just be careful is all I'm saying. Just, you know, watch because there's people out there that will try and hurt you. <laughs> so how, yeah. How, how do you guys deal with that? And how did you how do you deal with it? Well, you've also not fucking deleted and blocked the comment because you're still looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> the way that I deal with it is I say to myself, that's another comment which will help me in the TikTok algorithm to then get out to more people. And the more people that I get out to, 
eventually I'll come across one that does want to kind of work with me or wants to be a client of mine and doesn't care about how big my teeth are. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think when they comment on your um, appearance, I think they've really stooped low. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's why I can't wait to have someone to just like moderate all my comments, everything, and just like get rid of the the stuff. But at the same time, I've recently been saving all of like. I haven't been getting that many, but I do save the negative ones because I don't know if you've seen that thing on YouTube where celebrities read mean tweets. Have oh, you watched it? No, I've not seen it. Sounds good. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds it's good. so good because obviously they get so much stick, right? And it, they just like read these vicious tweets and just laugh about it. And I'm yeah. like, do you know what? I want to get to that stage. And I know I'll get to that stage um, where I just don't give a shit, but yeah, so I've been saving them. Do you not get it for being Stephen? Stephen, do you not get it for being ginger, mate? Do you not get? I've not had any for a for a couple of years. I don't think. LinkedIn was one of the worst ones for the vile fuckers, like. But I, I don't, I don't know. I used to quite enjoy it. To be fair, I used to kind of rile me up and then kind of get like a lot of entertainment to kind of throw throw fuel at the fire. Like and like you say, Nick, it was always one of the ones where you were like, oh well, you're just helping my reach get out there by being yeah. a nasty better fucker but you know I, I don't know I, i'm kind of a bit annoyed that i've not been getting much recently like on the get on tiktok get on tiktok and you'll see man they'll come at you like like a pack of wolves linkedin was very much like that they would you would come out and they would you know some people would say i've, I've been looking you up on company's house or they would question your making your your yeah. i would go they'd go deep and you're like I just reply back, like, you have got a sad existence if you've got time to go and look me up on Company's House or, or whatever it may be. But it was, it was, uh, I used to get quite a lot on LinkedIn, but not, 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 nothing, nothing on really on Instagram, I don't think. No, no that's right. I'll, I'll leave one, Stephen. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Right, guys. Um, I think we should probably wrap up there. We'll just keep chatting all day. And yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of taking up so much more of your valuable time, you know, so I appreciate you coming on. Um, can you let the listeners know where they can reach out to you? Obviously, Instagram. So, what's your handle? Yeah, so my handle is my name, which is Ina Bakalova. Um, yeah, I N A B A K A L O V A. Um, that's where all of my content is, all of my more entertaining content. But if you want more kind of in depth, um, free like trainings from me then go on my youtube channel because that has some really good stuff on there and that's just eda bakalova if you type that in super Abina. thanks very much for joining us appreciate the time thanks, no Dina. thank you for having me it was thanks, a good laugh Dina. take care so thanks for listening to that awesome interview with Ina. hope you got some value out of that hope you've straight on to instagram putting out some valuable posts if you want to see me tiktok dancing then get across to tiktok <laughs> yep, and I know I'm going to try an Instagram reel at some point this week. So, God, God help you, my audience. No, you don't need, thing, guys. yeah, you don't need to do dancing, guys, to get to get good engagement. In fact, that's probably lost me quite a few followers and clients. So, yeah, just don't take my advice on it. Listen to Ina; she got some really good stuff to say. Brilliant, guys, and thanks so much for listening. And as always, if you could leave us a review, um, post the podcast on social media, and. We'll look forward to seeing some of you guys at the networking events in person on the first Wednesday of every month. Speak to you soon.